Welcome to Influenced, the show where three friends and I talk personal development, content creation, and building your personal brand. Long ago, influence originally referred to a celestial fluid believed to flow from the stars. As this fluid reached Earth, it affected the actions of the planet's inhabitants. We chose influence because by sharing ideas in these conversations, we influence each other and hopefully you too. I'm joined by relationship slash career coach Michael Thompson, whose work has appeared in places like Fast Company and Forbes, former heroin addict turned keynote speaker Brian Penny, and Liz Huber, a high performance and productivity coach who can help you optimize your entire life. And I am your host of sorts, Tom Kugler. I also make travel videos for YouTube, Facebook, and even LinkedIn, mostly about the Philippines. (laughs) Welcome to Influenced. Let's learn a little bit from each other today. What's up, everyone? Uh, today, we're going to talk about another important topic, uh, especially for creative people, bloggers, vloggers, uh, solopreneurs, just getting started out. And this is a sort of hot topic that is talked about a lot. And this is uh, finding your niche. And we're going to start this off in a, in a fun way by just going around the roundtable with everyone. You know, Liz is here, Brian, Penny, uh, Michael Thompson, we're all here. Uh, we're going to talk about our thoughts on finding your niche, whether we think it's important, what we think about, like, you know, just our general thoughts. So, uh, Liz, what do you think about finding your niche? Uh, do you think it's important? Uh, go ahead, uh, with, with, with whatever spiel you have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I am all in for finding your niche. And so I actually believe in nowadays it's the only way you can build a sustainable brand or sustainable personal brand if you will and really make money as well so there's a saying the riches are in the niches that's something i stand 100 percent behind so i really believe in that all the general stuff has just been done right there like all the general stuff like building an online shop for everything like Amazon, it's been done, right? All the companies that are doing like very broad services and products, it's done. So the only way you can win is if you become the expert or have the best product or the best service in one particular, for one particular target group and one particular service, like that's really, that's what's your niche is, right? Um, But at the same time, that's what like just from a, business perspective i believe it's the most effective way that you can build your brand and you can also monetize it however just for you and your business it's so much easier if you have a niche because it will make decisions so much easier you know exactly who you are what you stand for and so saying yes or no to incoming opportunities or to projects that you're evaluating if you want to do it or not becomes so easy because it's like does it fit into my niche or does it not? Does it fit to my target group or does it not? And is it the most effective way to serve my target group, right? Um, so I think it makes things a lot easier as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Liz. You make a lot of sense there. Um, so Brian, I'll, I'll ask, I, I, I have my own opinion as well. I'll, I'll come back to that. So Brian, what do you think about finding your niche, uh, you know, even if it's just a small little, little uh, comment? For, for me, and it's great. I've, so I've only recently started to do this and I only started to do a uh, coaching work. So uh, Liz is coaching me around this now at the moment. 
And some of the things she said, it just, it just makes so much sense. And what it's done for me, really quickly, what it's done for me is, right, it's helped me to see what I was missing. So just by looking for my niche, niche it's, it's helped me to see what I was missing and where I was potentially going wrong and getting a coach for that. It's just so important. It, it made me more aware of what's important. Like I have a big decision now I'm going to journal on what is important to me? Is it is it finding me niche and going down the business angle, or is it helping others? What it helped me to really it was like a journaling exercise to find me find out from me what is important for me. So more from a, that general perspective. And but when you do find that, and I think this is why I want to find my my niche is to really see help me to make decisions as Liz said, and it helped me to be able to say no to things and make things a lot more clear and a lot more a lot easier to focus your energy. And that that's what that's what it really is in a nutshell for me. Yeah, making making decisions on uh, making decisions requires a lot of, of um, brain power, and when you know your niche perfectly, uh, that makes decisions a lot easier. You know, like a lot of people are shouting out all these different things that you could do, but I think when you when like getting on a platform, you know, specifically, but maybe you don't want to get on LinkedIn if your niche is something or you know, a specific topic. So that makes that decision much easier, whether to get on LinkedIn or not. Uh, Michael, do you have any thoughts on finding your niche? Uh, you know, what's your, what's your take on the, 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 the goodness or badness of it? I love what Liz says and completely agree with it. But at the same time, also, I've lived in, on, across three continents, worked in seven different sectors from sales to executive training to coaching to communication uh, to working with startups. And I have, I'm 40, so I have kind of a big toolbox. And I've loved finding my niche, like the chase of, for me, uh, start, uh, starting to write helped me identify, yes, I want to work more with people face-to-face -face than online sometimes, or if I want coaching for, for uh, performance or, or relationships. But my problem is I enjoy everything. And I've set up kind of a niche where I've become kind of an advisor for different things. So I have some niches, but I don't have one. And I don't think you need to rush immediately. Like the first thing you don't have, like um, if you're a creative or, or uh, starting out in a company, probably you're not going to, like your vision of where you're going to be in a year is probably not the reality. So like once you start going, like you're looking for your niche, but sometimes you don't know what it's going to be. So I highly encourage others to kind of uh, like, depending on the stage of their career for, uh, for Brian and Liz, like they know exactly what they want to do in life. And it's time to uh, like get strict on that. But at the same time, if you're 23, 24, like don't stress it too much. Like try new things and your niche is going to like, your dots are going to connect at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Michael, I'm actually really glad that you answered last because I, I totally agree with what Liz says. Like you have to find your niche. You have to like, make that sort of name for yourself so that you can start to sell products and become known for that later. Um, and, and I also agree with you, Michael, at the same time. And I, I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. Like I have, I have written my written about a lot of topics and through that process, I have found my niche and then I hit on that more and more. Right. And it's through like not having a niche at first and just being creative and just seeing where my mind takes me, where I find something that I want to write about that actually makes me, it actually is a lot of fun. And if I chose a niche before, 
maybe I'd be writing about something I'm not really passionate about. So I, I, I think that when you're first getting started, it, maybe it, it would work good to not write about, I mean, to write about a lot of different things, but you are, that end goal is to find your niche. And I think writing is that way to get there. Michael, what's up, man? I think the thing too is like the, like get clear on your values, who you are as an individual, but let the, um, if you're at that point in your career, it depends the stage uh, of your career but get firm on your values and you're going to find your niche just by being you and trying new things and experimenting, failing, succeeding. Like you'll listen, like your heart's going to sing on certain things and you just have to, but you have to be being you first. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not just finding your niche. It's about finding the niche in the thing that you love, you know, or, or, or the thing that you're, you're skilled at. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, Liz, uh, so, so I, I wanted to, to, we're talking about niches. I assume a lot of people listening to this already know what it, what a niche is, but I, I think, you know, we have some, some notes here. I think you're going to dive into it even more and you're going to give a lot more perspective on it. So, uh, you know, what exactly is a niche according to you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you asked that. So, so I think of a niche as a triangle in terms of there's the three, three elements to it. One is the who. So that's really the target group. Who is, who are the, who is the audience and the people that you're serving? Then you have the what. So what is it that you actually help people do? Or what is it that you, how, how do you serve? Um, and then there's the how. And that's kind of the method. So that could be a product, that could be a service, and that could be a specific methodology. And ideally, that's, um, especially if, if it comes to personal brand and you're, you're building like an information or business or like a business where you're basically trading information for income, like of coaching or consulting or online courses, then it's really the how it should be your strengths and your passions and your superpowers transferred into a method that really makes you help people get what they want. So it's the, it's a triangle of uh, who are you helping? What are you helping people do? And how do you help people? That's really like the, in a nutshell, that's what, uh, that's what the niche is. Um, and then, yes. yeah, I'm just going to go on a little bit. Like, so you have the triangle and then what's really, really important is, and that's true for if you're building a personal brand, but also if you have a product-based business, people buy products and services because they want an improvement. If, if it's for their business, they want an improvement in their business, like they want to make more money or have uh, less stress um, or have happier employees, for example. And if it's in their life, they want similar things, right? They want more money. They want less stress. They want to be happier. People always buy products and services because they seek a better version of themselves. Mm. And so that's why what you do within your niche, you can think of it like a bridge. So think of your target group, they're, they're on the left side of the bridge, right? They're in a specific state and they have a specific struggle and they're seeking an improvement. And the, what they want is at the other side of this bridge. And so what you help them do is the bridge. So you take them from one side to the other. So they might, for example, like in, in my case, I do a lot of uh, productivity coaching. So um, uh, the, the people that I serve, 
when they're on the left side of the bridge, they feel stressed out and overwhelmed and like they don't have any time for, for, uh, for anything and for the important projects in their life and in their business. And then I take them on this journey. So there's this bridge that I have, which is all my methods and my strengths and, um, and my passions combined, like my, in my coaching approach. And so I coach people one-on-one, I take them on this journey, and then I bring them to the other side. And on the other side, they're so much calmer and less stressed, and they get the stuff done. They get the things done that they really need to get done, and they're really effective in their business. And that translates to them being more happy and being more fulfilled, but them also make, making more money, right? So it's really ultimately, yeah, think of it, people buy products and services for an improvement. What is this improvement? Like, how can you get them from a point A to point B? How does this bridge look like? And how the bridge looks like, that's the how, right, in our triangle. It's less important in the beginning than where they are, what's their problem, and where they want to be. What's their solution, basically? What what are they, the improvement they're thriving for? I don't know whether this is because it's late here where I am or, you know, why this dumb thought came into my mind, but I'm thinking of niches in nature, you know, how there's like a little gap and it's sort of like how you're saying, Liz, like when, like you fill in that gap right where people are trying to get from A to point B. So you're sort of wedging yourself right in there and you're acting as that bridge. That might be a good way for people to understand it. Um, and, it helps me a bit and also think of it like a bridge as well. Um, like a, like an actual bridge and, uh, uh, Michael, go ahead. You have something to say. I was just going to say that nothing I'm going to say the rest of the day is going to compete with what Liz just did. Yeah. That was amazing. Please. You guys should hire, hire Liz. (laughs) That was awesome. Liz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and and I'm actually really excited. (laughs) I'm actually really excited to get to this uh, next part, right? Um, I, I think this is so important. I think a lot of people get this wrong. Um, so Liz, how do you find your niche? I understand you sort of have like a step-by-step process. So how do you find your niche? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first you need to get clear on uh, what you want. So if you're just going to start um, a business for the sake of starting a business, that there's and that's okay sometimes, right? So you can just screen lots of different market niches and that's where most people like they start an Amazon FBA business selling, I don't know, they might sell like charcoal face facial masks or something, which is a great niche, right? Whether they're passionate about it or not, like I leave it up to them. But so there's a lot of niches that you can go for by just screening and just researching. But if you really, and that's where like what we're talking a lot about this podcast is if you're building your personal brand and you're, you're showing up in this world as your authentic self and you're serving to the highest degree, then what you should really be starting with is yourself. What is it that you want and what is it that is really what, what you're really great at? And usually that's that are things that come naturally to you. So it's things that you did as a child, it's things that when you're on holiday, you have some free time, you just naturally start doing and it's kind of fun for you, but other people would never find it fun. Like what um and so for example, like for me, it's when I I always come up with systems. Like it's the most fun thing 
in the world for me to do. I come up with a meal prep system or a system to manage my finances or a system to plan my week. And for other people, that sounds ridiculous, right? Like that's not fun, but that's what you should be looking out for. What is the thing that you do that is really fun for you, that's not fun for other people? That's really where your natural strength lies, where your superpower is. And usually your superpower is also something that's transferable across industries. So it's not some, um, so in, in my case, it's for example, like I really realized my superpower is putting structure into things. Like I have a way of seeing structure in everything, like it's in ideas or it's in, in, in a routine or in a schedule. Um, I always see structure. I'm not a visual person, I always see structure. That's a transferable skill and I can do lots of things with that. I can help my clients find, make a, a, an action plan and, and plan their goals, for example, or I can come up with a system. There's all these things I can do with, with structure and that other people might have other superpowers. So it's really something that's transferable. And that takes um, what we said at the beginning, it really takes exploration. It takes a lot trying out different things and reflecting on it and seeing in all my previous jobs, what were the things that I've always been naturally good at, that people came to me to, to help them, that people asked me for advice that are just really easy for me, right? And that's what most people get wrong, like because we feel like it's easy, it's not worth anything. But it's the opposite. Because it's easy to, to us, that's what we came here to do. That's the, the gifts that we're here to share with the world. And then it's just about, okay, how can you take your superpower? How can you take your gifts? And you can, going back to the bridge, how can you use it as a bridge to help a specific type of person from one end of the bridge to the other? And so who that person is, it's also about you. Always start, and that's why I say always start with who do you want to serve, right? Like, of course, you need, there's all these things and we come to that later, like the, how to evaluate whether it's a good target group or not. But the very first thing you need to start with is who do you want to work with? And yeah. one thing, like for me, it's, <laughs> I very early on, I always was, uh, working in startups. So for me, the, the target group of entrepreneurs was always so attractive. I love people who start their own business. There's such an energy and action to that. And I and, and in my coaching business, I don't work with people who work in companies just because it's not the people I love working with. There's other coaches who love working with executives. I personally don't. And that's okay because there's so many, so many coaches in the world, right? So start with you. Start with what is it that, that you're good at and who is it that you want to serve. And then you Fair. can go on to, to the more rational things of how you're evaluating whether you have a good niche or not. Yeah, that, that's, it's so key, Liz. Uh, you're explaining this really well. It's almost like you have a system for this or something. Um, but yeah, you, uh, it's, who, it's, it's, it's who you want to work with. It's what you're good at. Um, it's not just 
I like this, so therefore I will write about this or I will talk. No, you have to think about a lot of things. You have to think about the way on down the line, how, how this is going to be monetized later. You know, I didn't think about that when I, and it starts with an email list actually. Um, and uh, so, you know, you go from email list to nurturing to selling a product. And then you have to think about this though first before you start everything. So it's, it's why we're talking about this. And Brian, you have something to say. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just I just want to add to what, what Liz was saying there, um, and it's it's just it's really important. So I started doing, doing coaching with Liz yesterday, and we started on finding our niche niche. So it's, it was really interesting. And um, what I found was what well, I love speaking. That's the thing I love doing. That's what we identified me and Liz. We identified that now because I came from me with mental health stuff and addiction and stuff like that. I was thinking that's the direction I have to go. But my bridge then is bringing people across that bridge. But I also love doing my talks in the corporate arena with high achievers and stuff like that because they act and I love that because they, they're doing the things, the tools that I'm telling them. But I find some uh, people if with uh, not mental health issues or anything like that, if I'm doing talks uh, about mental health, they're not people that really act. So I was like, they, it's very hard for me to get them to come onto the bridge. That's what me and Liz sort of identified. It's very hard to bring them across the bridge. So you need to work with people that align to you. I love working with people that act. So that was, uh, I just sort of the piggyback onto what Liz was saying there was, that's how I'm finding my niche, to find out what do I love and who am I working for? What am I going to do? And it's just, it's just, it's brilliant. I, I'll say what Mike says, get Liz as a coach if you want to find your niche. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Michael, Michael, you got something to say? What's up, man? Yeah, I also have something to say about the fact, like for me, I didn't bet on my strengths for, uh, for my career. It was the opposite for me. Uh, growing up stuttering, my goal, I loved our con con constant awe of confident people and blah, blah, blah. So my life work, though I didn't even know it, was becoming good at communication skills, good at relationships. These things like didn't come to me immediately, like a feeling at, um, as I was a kid that yes, I was strong at this. Like, no, actually I was weak at it. I'm like never gonna be Tim Ferriss, but like Tim Ferriss says, like you don't need to hire Michael Phelps to teach you how to swim. F mm. Find somebody who's good, who shouldn't be. So sometimes uh, when you find your niche, like it's the, like the mix of passion plus you're good, but not great, sometimes makes you great. So like you have somebody who's like a natural ability on something that loves, that likes what they do. Then you find somebody who had to fight for something that really loves what they do. They're just as like, they're kind of on the same field as an expert. And two, if you want to coach, like sometimes we're like for uh, performance and stuff. Yes, like you, like the people with structure um, and these things are great. But you also have like the people out in the world who don't, yeah, who kind of didn't go for their strengths, but more, you know, fought their weaknesses. And these are great clients to work with, like the people who are brave enough to make a career change. Like you don't have to be an expert career changer to help those people. So it's yeah. like listening to yourself, like what, like for me, it's like the communication and, and relationship stuff now, like gives me a buzz. But five years ago, I would have been scared to death to do it. Like, so it's yeah. fine. I, I mean, it comes back. To Liz, like, uh, like for her, it's like you have to like know yourself first in order to get the niche. Like for me, my buzz is overcoming obstacles, and I'm not the best at it, but I'll help somebody to do the same thing. Mm, so true. I, I, I think I've, I think I've, 
heard something from Tony, a story about Tony Robbins once. And I think this is like when he first got started uh, learning more about empowering others, inspiring others and, and giving people confidence or something. I forget what he was doing. He, he went to some event and like literally like, like right after the event, he started going around and teaching people what he learned at the event. And people were like, you're not an expert. And he was like, I don't care. He was like, people can learn from this. People can benefit from this. And I think that's a totally, that's, that's totally like sort of like what you said, Mike, like you don't have to be a super amazing expert at something. If you can help someone at all, at all, there you go. You know, that might be the start of something. So yeah, I just wanted to add that. Um, yeah, Michael, go ahead. There's three, um, a friend of mine, Con Connor and Neil said that, that there's three types of experts experts those like the gary vanerchuk like the guy was born self-aware knows exactly what he wants to do crushes it he he's an expert from doing it then there's mm -hmm. the research expert who's the guy who wants to be good at it but like maybe doesn't have the natural skill set but he's done the work he's done uh, all the studying he knows all the studies and the third type is the type who is not the, like, who's learned from kind of uh, the failure of it. So like you have an expert who's successful, who's done it like the right way. Somebody who studied the experts who are successful. Then you have somebody who's tried the things. And sometimes like you don't, um, it can be the one that tried the things that can teach you the small, like for self-awareness, Gary Vaynerchuk said in an interview with Larry King that, He's like, oh, it's so important. And he was asked, well, how do you improve it? And Vaynerchuk said, I have no idea. Like the reason for that is because he's never had to. So sometimes you can take somebody who's lower than Gary Vaynerchuk, but learn just as much. So everybody's an expert. It, like you just have to frame yourself as like, what type of expert are you? Somebody who's actually yeah. done it, somebody who's studied the heck out of it, or somebody who's failed and who's learned along the way. Yep. It's so key. A lot of people are going to be listening to this and be like, they're going to get um, sort of, uh, what's the right word for that? They're going to get permission, you know, at, from that, from, from learning that, you know, like you don't have to be a Gary Vaynerchuk to start to help people on social media. You just need to know more than that other person does and you can help them. Um, it's really cool. Uh, so, so Liz, I, I, there's a couple things here. There's a couple mistakes that you've listed. Uh, uh, what people make when they're trying to find their niche. C can you sort of talk about those two mistakes that, that you've listed? I think they're brilliant. Yeah, yeah, sure. So like I said, it's really first starting out with what it is you want and the reason and what it is that you're good at. And the reason for this is, is that if you don't start with that, then your ditch is not going to be sustainable. So we start with yourself first. So you know, okay, long-term, I will be happy doing this and I will, um, yeah, it will just make me fulfilled. But then, and that's where most people make mistakes, that's not where it stops. You really need to be going a level deeper and saying, okay, is this actually a good market for me to get into? And so there's two main mistakes that you can make, especially with your target group. First is selling to people without money. So when I first started out, I thought, well, I have been in so many startups, it would be great for me to help people start businesses. That's a great idea and I'm great at doing it because I know all the things. I know how to make a business plan. I know how to make a pitch deck. I know how to uh, calculate expenses, how to set up a website. I know everything. However, 
these people usually don't have money because either they just quit their job and they're just starting it out um, or it's just not a, a, a target group of money. So that's, that's a big mistake, mistake number one, selling to people without money. So make sure you're going after a target group that um, actually, and that there's uh, two things to that. First, able to spend money, so they actually have the money, literally, in their bank account. And secondly, willing to spend the money. And that comes back to the bridge, because they might be having all the money, and they're standing in front of the bridge, and they're just going to be like, you know what, that's not something I'm willing to spend money on to cross that bridge. Hmm. Yeah. So that there's really, okay, look for a target group that is able to spend money, on this and that's willing to spend money on this. Hmm. Totally. And then, uh, and then you, you have another one too, right? Uh, the the yeah, number of competitors. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the second one is um, look for, for like, it's actually, you would think it's a great market if no one's doing it and that's actually wrong. So that if no one is doing what you want to do, it's actually a red flag because it might be that either there's something wrong with the target group, there's something wrong with the market, or there's no money to be made. So mm. ideally, you want to be looking for a market where there's already a couple of people doing it, but it's not overly saturated because then you can still bring your own twist to it. And, but equally, some people feel like, oh, it's already been done. I cannot do it. But that's equally wrong because especially in the personal development world or where we're building a personal brand, it's that even if someone else, like so many people are teaching productivity, but you have a specific angle to teaching something, right? And that's what exactly that person might want to hear. So it's really about the match of the target group and your angle and the topic. Um, so don't be afraid if there's already a market for it. It's actually a good sign because it means people are making money in this market and that's a good sign. Mm. Michael, go ahead. Yeah, just like Liz is absolutely, like she nailed that part there too. If you think like generally, if you think you have a good idea, do not be naive enough to think that you're the first one to ever think of that idea. So if there's nobody else doing it, that's a, it's for a very, very, very good, uh, good reason. Like in 2019, things have been tried. And generally, like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, just find something like you're passionate uh, to do that others want to do also. And that's like, it's much easier to find clients than try and do something super specific um, that's unique that you can't find on the internet. Like there's a reason for that. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I was so scared a year and a half ago when I came out with my medium course, cause I, I, I hadn't seen anyone else do it yet. I'm sure there was probably someone teaching medium tips, but I had not seen anyone else do it yet. So I was like, darn, is this even going to work? And I didn't do it out of, you know, confidence. I just did it out of desperation. I made the, I, I, you know, I made the webinar, I tried it out and luckily people were there to save me, but I knew that, 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 I, I knew what Liz just said is totally true. It's like if someone is not there already, it, it means that there's no market there for it. So I think I got lucky. I really do. I, I think to, like 99.9% of the time that is absolutely true. I think I got lucky that one time. You know? No, uh, but you, like you had with Medium though, but like Medium's a social platform. There's Facebook yeah. courses, there's YouTube courses, there's Twitter courses, there's, there's LinkedIn courses. Like you were just, 
like you were first like uh, first adapter for something that was being taught just not in that language yeah but like yeah, that's I, I a really so. good like that's a great niche to find um if you can hop on something that is becoming popular and use something that's working uh somewhere else like that's a great way to do it but you got to be fast yeah, yeah? Like yeah. you got to be fast or first there yeah that's a good that, that's a good thing um Okay, so uh, been a great conversation so far, Liz. You've been you've really really come through well. I I've I've learned a lot of you know listening to you. Um, uh, so I'm looking through some of these uh, uh, sort of like like things that you've written down. You you're talking about some of the market must haves. Um, so I think you have two points there underneath of it. Can you talk about that a little bit more in detail? I might not be explaining it correctly. So go, go right ahead. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, okay. So after you've made sure that you're going after target group as, as money and there's some players already in the market, then there's two other indicators that are, that basically say what do you have a really good market? One is go for an evergreen market. So do you have a, like, is this market here to stay or is this just a trend? I like really you want to go for an evergreen market. So there has been, I mean, there's lots of businesses that are, that are based on these trends. Like what was it last year on Amazon, like the fidget spinners, like these things, you can build a business on that, but it's more like, it's just not sustainable because you're building a business on the trend. Right? So think of like, okay, what are problems that my target group has that they will always have. And that's just not going away. Like productivity, or um, becoming or building relationships with people like these things, they, they, they're never going to go away or marketing in general. Right. But for example, Instagram, um, teaching specific Instagram strategies that might go away at some point. So really look for an evergreen market. And then yeah. the second thing is look for a market where you, you will have recurring customers. And so what you don't want is a quick fix market. Like for example, when something, a quick fix market is, let's say your, your car breaks down, then, oh no, that's actually a bad example, <laughs> sorry. Let's say like your drain is clogged up, right? That's a quick fix problem. You're gonna go on the website and you're gonna like, look for someone who can fix your drain but you're not gonna come back or have a subscription with that guy or hire him for more services because you had that problem and then the problem is fixed. So what you want is either um, an enthusiast market, so that could be something, for example, like that. If you're in the dog market, people are enthusiastic about their dogs, they, they will keep buying like the best food and then they will buy like specific brushes and shampoo and whatever you, I don't have a dog, so I wouldn't know, but like whatever you buy for your dog, right? So you don't have an enthusiast market where people just love it so much, they just keep buying stuff. Or um, just a market with future problems where you say, okay, there's kind of like a gradual transformation. So for example, in productivity, the first problem you have is that you're just really overwhelmed. And then um, I would help you get, like, set up your to-do list in a way that you feel like you're on top of it, right? And you can get everything done. But then you might run into a different problem. You might say like, well, there's all these opportunities and I'm actually doing too much. I want to eliminate more things uh, for my workload. So you can actually become better and better at it. So people would return. So really what you mm -hmm. want is 
eater and enthusiast uh, market where people just keep buying because they just love that 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 product or that that market so much that they keep going back, or something where if you fix their initial problem, there is a second stage and a third stage and a fourth stage, and they keep coming back for more. Mm. Mm. That's so key. I, I think you know with with my medium course, right? I've I've thought about changing it from medium to writing you know, where I teach people writing. That's a skill that's it's something that's never going to go away. People are always going to need help with writing and, and, you know, probably blogging, you know, but, but, uh, so, so I, I think it's extremely important to always think about the future and, and how your product will age or, you know, what the product that you want to sell in the future might age. Um, so, so key. I think that's really, really important. Um, uh, Brian, Michael, do you have anything uh, any thoughts on that? Anything to add? Uh, we're, we're reaching sort of the end with, with everything that we're talking about. Liz, I'll come back to you later uh, in a second. But yeah, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, but to be honest, I think Liz at the cover and everything. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a brilliant breakdown of it, yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah. Really <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever I would say would make me look stupid at this point, I think. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, Liz, yeah. your machine, huh? <laughs> Thank you. It's a, it's a crash <laughs> course. It's, that's yeah. a compliment. Yeah, it's like, like, <laughs> good. That's, that, that's yeah, the thing. I'm all about systems. When I have something, I can make a system out of everything, right? Like I always like think of, okay, what's the step-by-step -step process for this? Like what is the system you need to figure out? So like for this, it's really like, this is the system to figuring out your niche, right? You, you start with who you, who, who, uh, with you, like uh, do the how, do the what, do the, uh, do the who, and then, this is with the bridge. Like it's just a system, right? So that's what, it's just love doing it with everything. Awesome. I think it's really cool also though now, Tom, too. Like we're moving into, you know, like I said something earlier, I'm not sure if it was in this one or the last episode about like, like we think we're special and we need to like, you know, like we think about we are me, but now like we're moving into an economy that's all about we. We mm -hmm. like, uh, if you want to start a startup, it's like you have a great idea but you need a team like you need to collaborate with people like this like the soft skills are becoming the real skills now and it's interesting like thinking of your niche like uh, you, you could be thinking of of a product and service but but now like we're living in a time like you see guys who have companies just off mastermind groups who have mm -hmm. companies off of these things that that we wouldn't have even thought of maybe 3 4 years ago connecting others and things like that. So don't, um, so if you have something that you think it's like, Oh, it's not a, like, this isn't like a tangible thing. Like right now it's all about bringing people together. Like you're, um, if you're authentic, if you're likable, like these are like, you can bring groups together and create a niche as like, like never, um, before in the past, it's a great time to find your niche because like you have to bring like there's 7 billion people on the planet. Your career could be combining 15 of them. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's really like with the, like, like you said, with like bringing people together, right? That could be your superpower. And usually your superpower is something that's very intangible and very transferable because pe bringing people together, you could do that in a mastermind group or you could do that for events, right? You could do it for all sorts of things, but that's really what you're, what you're good at. And the people who are good at bringing people together, they need to understand 
that that's a unique skill. Like not everyone is great at that. Like I'm terrible at bringing people together. That's just not, that's, that's why I like- It's bring, a hard thing to sell. Yeah, yeah. But, but it is it, like our superpower is usually very intangible and we need to see that for, for what it is and accept that it's unique, right? Like even if some people, other people might have that unique skill of uh, bringing people together, but they have a unique, another way of doing it and another angle to it. So that's really uh, own that, you know? I know I had a problem of like, oh, like uh, the people are going to pay me like for them to make friends. Like that sounds so weird to me, but that's the reality that, yeah, like the people who work nine, 10 hours a day sitting in their house alone, that is the thing that, that they need help with at that time. Just like, not because they're bad at it. It's, it's just because of the time constraints. So like switching your thinking of this, like, yes, you are providing a service for people. Maybe it didn't exist four or five years ago, but yes, it is absolutely valuable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, that kind of comes back to the bridge. Like when you're saying, okay, I'm bringing people together, like where they are at before on the left side of the bridge is they feel lonely and they might feel frustrated because there is no social contact and they might feel starting to feel unfulfilled in their work. And then you have the bridge, which might be your, your mastermind group or like you did, Mike, with like the Slack group and, and everything that you're doing within that. And that will get them to the other side where they suddenly, they, they feel, they don't feel alone anymore. They feel connected. They, they have this, this sense of belonging and, and the sense of fulfillment and happiness that comes out of it, you know? Mm -hmm. so that's really like a lot of value that you're bringing there. This sounds like a good time to say, guys, we're raising the price. Uh, four thousand a month per person <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it, it, it's exactly like bringing people together that probably every sort of like like a check mark a checkbox that we went over in this episode it probably ticks every single one of them you know it's 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 a skill that is high in demand it's never going to go away we're always going to need to connect with each other um you know so I think this this episode's really good at if if anyone wants to find a niche, they're going to have to run through the sort of like step by step checkbox of what Liz just put out. Because if it doesn't quite hit that evergreen, if it's not an evergreen market, or if it's not an enthusiast market, or you know, if it's not gonna solve future problems, maybe they shouldn't do this. So I think this is a really, really brilliant um way to lay it out, Liz. And, and, um, I thought it was a great conversation. Uh, I'll, I'll Liz, I'll, I'll, I'll leave with you. Is there anything else you want to add to this? I, we've got to the end of, you know, your notes. So, but is there anything else that you want to add? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's one final step that's very, very crucial. And that's, you cannot just define your niche by yourself. You need to do that in through engaging with your audience. So that bridge that I was talking about, like, you need you need your audience to help you define what is the left side of the bridge how would the bridge look like and how would the what's well, how does the other side look like and the very best thing that i recommend is actually like a two-step process first is survey your target market get on the phone with 10 to 15 people very specific in your target group and then ask them questions so for example, if my niche is productivity, I would say like the simplest question is, what are your biggest challenges when it comes to productivity? And then just let them tell you about that. 
There's a lot of more things that you can ask. And in fact, I have a, a little freebie that um, we're putting the link in the show notes, which is 23 questions that you can use to survey your target market. Really don't skip this step. And it's very important to not just set up like a survey monkey and send it around because that's very skewed. The, it's most important, it's like think of it as a qualitative um, research. You, it's a definition, you need to get to the definition of how, how both of these sides of the bridge look like. So you need to get on the phone, be in real conversation with your target audience, be very open, and just from there define how, with their problems and define where they want to go. Um, and then this, if you have that, then you can have a rough idea how the bridge looks like and how these two sides look like. And then the second thing is actually experimenting with it. So find a way how you can kind of be that test, um, the, the bridge. Say, okay, like I'm gonna either through one-on-one -on -one coaching, that's, that's, that's the easiest way you can test whether your method works, right? Where you say, okay, I'm gonna take a person that has all these problems on the left side of the bridge, and then I'm gonna take them through the bridge that I designed, right? All my tools, all my techniques, all the things that, that, that I have developed, like my method. And then I'm gonna see if they actually come out on the other side. And then if I've done it a couple of times, then I can say, okay, then now let me put this into a book or I'm gonna put it into a course or whatever. Um, you can also do the first run as a, as, a, as, as a course, but don't make the mistake of developing something without your audience in mind. Like you really need to be engaging in the process. So there's only the first part of you defining your niche, but the rest is really about engaging with your audience and seeing it and then refining it. Yeah. Great. That's a, a, a super important. I think sometimes uh, with, with the recent course that I've created, I created it and got it moving. But then afterwards I realized there were just a couple things that I should have tweaked and I've, I, and I've now been working to tweak those things and to, and to make the course, you know, better. So I, and if I, if, if I would have maybe taken a couple people through a test run that would have helped out a lot, I think it's a, a really, really important. It, it's funny. I, you know, you start out choosing your niche based on things that you like, you know, based on, based on that sort of thing. And, but, but then as you grow more and more, you need to start thinking about other people and how they fit into this as well. I think it's really, really key. Um, okay. Uh, Michael, Brian, anything you guys want to add as the last word to everything that Liz just brilliantly put out? No, for me, it just really uh, hammers home the importance of having a niche but it's um, and the importance of a system <laughs> to find the niche. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for uh, for me, I agree, and I also like Liz uh, reminded me of something regarding personal branding in general. It's like we don't defend like we don't determine our brand; the audience does. So, like, let them you know like use your audience to see like which niche actually sells for you. Is the I mean is like that testing should be going on from like the first day. Yeah. 
Um, uh, don't, don't forget to uh, sign up for Liz's freebie as well. She has, uh, I think 23 questions you need to ask your, uh, survey target or, or 23 questions to survey your target market. That's linked in the show notes. Uh, uh, thank you, Liz, so much. Brilliant. That was really awesome. I really enjoyed that. A uh, lot of value. Really, really uh, great. Uh, one of our first calls here. Uh, so thanks, Liz. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Michael, for coming on. A lot of fun as always. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank so. you for listening to Influenced. Don't forget to download the freebie that we have included in the description for this particular episode if you want a little more tips and advice on what you just heard. That's it for me, Michael, Brian, and Liz. We hope you have a great day.